Hello, everybody. Welcome to WRDG. Black, Black Fair was pretty good yesterday. And, and we're going to take you up to the news. And after the news. And we're taking you up to the news. Already in progress. And. We're trying. Here it is. There's your news already in progress. 5% cash back on your top eligible spend categories. Up to $500 spent each billing cycle. Apply now. Visit city.com slash custom cash. And if they even accept that your grievance is adequate and something that needs to be reviewed, that's not going to get you the relief that you need. You've been traumatized. You've been injured. It, it's, it's a difficult, difficult hurdle for any incarcerated person. Aside from that, once you're able to, you must, and I should back up and say, you must exhaust your administrative remedy inside, which means if you fail to go through that grievance process at first, what happens is when you go to court, the legal standard requires that you exhausted that grievance process in the, in the prison setting first, before you can avail yourself to a court. And once you get to a court, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, it's extremely hard to demonstrate deliberate indifference. Not only do you have to demonstrate that you were injured and that it was an injury that is of um, a heightened level and that uh, it violated your basic rights, the second step is you must demonstrate and provide actual proof that prison officials were aware of what you were talking about happened and did nothing about it. That's extraordinarily hard to do that for anybody, let alone somebody who's in a carceral setting, where they may be terrified of retribution or retaliation, because often the people they're complaining about are still there. They're working around them every day, and they have the power of life and death over them when it comes to making sure that they actually get to call their family, or that they get to get food, or just basic stuff. They have control over their life. And so it's really hard. Those women are incredibly brave. So um, are you able to provide us with any just statistics related to the prevalence um, of some of the complaints that we're hearing um, in the headlines related to Indiana and also this congressional hearing related to the Atlanta penitentiary? Um, you know, it's hard to generalize because although you're supposed to uh, report incidents up the chain, um, that doesn't always happen. I would say the particular kind of allegations we've been hearing about in the places that you've mentioned, I would, I, I, I don't feel comfortable making a guess, but I would say it's probably 10% of the type of conduct that, that we hear about and that we see. And some states don't have that particular, uh, those particular issues. They have more common things that they're dealing with. Um, but 10% is far more than is acceptable uh, in any setting, honestly. Any abuse is unacceptable. 
Thank you so much for lending your insight, Tammy. And before we, uh, I let you go, I just want to know what else do you want people to know related to this issue and the work that you do um, with the National Prison Project at the ACLU? Thanks, Kia. I, I want people to know that uh, people who are incarcerated are often invisible. We go about our lives every day. We have challenges and we have difficulties, but we have the ability to control our destiny. When you are incarcerated, as you're hearing from these incidents, you don't control your destiny. And you certainly don't deserve, on top of the loss of your freedom, to experience things such as rape, solitary, uh, being put in solitary confinement, um, being abused. Uh, living in such conditions that you feel like your only way out is to commit suicide. Um, that's not what our prison system should be. We should have we shouldn't have a system that uh, purports to rehabilitate people that actually does far less, far more harm by uh, actually uh, abuses them. Well, thank you very much. Um, it's it's a very interesting issue, and even just what um, I heard uh, from the congressional hearing that happened related to the Atlanta Penitentiary, uh, a lot of those details uh, were very shocking to me, and I'm sure they were shocking um, to other people. Um, and also, I know I had one last. I told you I had one last question. I have just one more. Um, what do you think the role of just the stigma of being an incarcerated person and how that affects? Um, even speaking publicly about their unfair mistreatment, because I think, you know, is there a rhetoric that kind of hinders or challenges getting these issues out? Absolutely. It's, it's in part what I said, that people who are incarcerated are deemed to be um, invisible. If they're not deemed to be invisible, um, people um, often say that they are not credible because they've committed certain crimes. Um, and the fact that they're in jail, they sort of bargain for that, um, you know, lack of humane treatment because of what they did. And so those are the kind of things you hear when people who are incarcerated are trying to speak out about the conditions they're, they're facing. Um, people, uh, the public, general public, often has a misperception that people in prison are, you know, working out all day or, or watching TV on the state dime or doing nothing. And people dislike that sort of representation or image, that's far from what happens in these settings. Um, that's far from what happens in these settings. Well, thank you very much. Uh, you have lent a lot of insight to us this morning um, at Local News Live, so we really do appreciate your time today. Thank right. you so much. Today. Thank you so much. And I'm here with Tammy Gregg. Uh, she is the ACLU's National Deputy Director, and she was talking to us just about the issue of unfair prison conditions um, in the United States and some of the challenges that incarcerated individuals face. We are going to take a quick break, and when we return, we'll have more top headlines for you on the other side. Streaming 24-7, you're watching Local News Live. Somos la tradición de... Okay, that's pretty good. And we're going to take you to Andy and after Andy or Tony, we're going to check with far weather and after our weather.
we're going to check check with Andy or Tony first and and we're checking and We're checking with him right now. ServiceNow helps CHROs look at their organizations holistically and deliver unified, connected employee experiences. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Pitching in, but we've had a lot. I feel like we've had a hot summer. That's just me. I don't like the heat, but we're really getting a break from those temperatures this week. Yeah, we've either been hot or really rainy, and there's never been a good combination of neither of those in our forecast up until what hopefully is the majority of this upcoming week. We just have a little speed bump coming our way tomorrow. Today, on the other hand, was awesome, and it still isn't half bad out there. This evening, you are going to notice a little bit of a chill as you wake up tomorrow morning, similar to how we felt in the forecast this morning, although a few extra clouds overnight will keep us slightly warmer and may even keep us a little bit wetter out there. As again, we're going to be tracking a few uh, northern showers that are off moving through the Ohio area at the moment and look like they're headed straight towards us. We have a lot of high pressure and a lot of dry air overhead here in the Charleston and southern parts of our map at the moment. However, this will continue to stream on in and continue to push further and further into our region. At the moment, again, we're only seeing a little bit of this light green action moving in. We need to see darker green colors, yellow colors, orange colors to really actually put some raindrops not just falling from the clouds and evaporating, but actually making it down to ground level. So a few light showers out near Columbus right now, but even now from near Port Smith, it's not really looking all too likely to see some rain activity out there in the forecast, uh, but we certainly are getting closer and closer to seeing those showers make it down to the ground and could cause some messy conditions on the roads. And uh, if you are stuck outside at a bad point tomorrow afternoon, evening, maybe even cause some concerns for you out there with just a little bit of high water activity on the sides of the roads. But for tonight, we're not looking at any rain coming our way. What we are seeing is many of us starting to cool down into the 60s already and our dew points are right there at about the 60s these are not going to be dropping too much in the overnight hours the temperature will be dropping however so when this dew point and the temperature get close enough we could see chances for just a little bit of patchy fog tomorrow morning i think it'll more, more likely be possibilities for some misty conditions another thing that are possibilities for some foggy conditions are calm winds and that's exactly what we have at least going on at the moment so for the most part, we are going to be clear for tonight, even rain-wise clear for tonight. Overnight hours, we may see a few raindrops to the north, and then everybody could get in on the partly to mostly cloudy, foggy, misty side by tomorrow morning. But I think the majority of the rain comes our way later in the afternoon.
afternoon. Now, it's not going to be a whole lot of rain out there. I think there'll still be many dry hours throughout the day to maybe practice your uh, swing outside. However, you can see that conditions are going to be on the warmer side, or the cooler side, I should say, cloudier side, and eventually rainier side in the afternoon and maybe early evening hours. Let's take a look at our future cast, see what we're expecting as we move into tomorrow morning. Again, not much rainfall overnight. It's mainly going to be a tomorrow morning light passing shower to the west. And then as we make our way towards the afternoon hours, this is where we will see an isolated shower or storm or two out there in the forecast. Most models have these storms not becoming severe, but a little bit of high water out there if enough of a heavy downpour erupts could possibly be around in the forecast as we move into even Monday morning, Monday afternoon. There could still be a few raindrops, but after that, we're finally in on some nice weather coming our way. So for tonight, what do we have moving our way? We have rain-free conditions through bedtime, maybe even into tomorrow morning rain-free, but that won't be lasting for too much longer. The afternoon hours, clouds, showers, and it looks like we will have after this little speed bump of showers and storms coming our way early this week into next week. Conditions looking very pleasant, even as we move into the weekend. Things are going to be um, just light showers and temperatures manageable. Can't beat 78 degrees in August, mm -hmm. that's for sure. Thank you, Drew. Well, coming up, Marshall's new quarterback gets some good reviews, and the Steelers playing their first exhibition game. <laughs> Check with far weather and after our weather, <clears throat> after our weather, we want to take uh, you up to the news live. And I'm going over here. What's the weather in Portland, Ohio? It's 66 degrees with rain in Portsmouth. Okay. What's the rain for tomorrow in Portland, Ohio? Rain is not expected tomorrow in Portsmouth. The forecast is 81 degrees and partly cloudy. Okay, we will accept that. And, and we're going to, uh, we're taking you back to your news. We got another weather report. I think we do. And yeah, we got another weather report, and we know it's the same one, and and we're trying. 
We're trying again. Yeah, we're trying. See, we got more. I guess we don't. And we're going back to news live. And afternoon, see how many minutes we got. See how many minutes we got. Okay, we got 16 minutes, 29 to go. And... And... And we, we done pretty good, and we're waiting for the news, and we're going. Grill as well. So we're here. We're going to start this grill. Have a lighter here. Sometimes your electric ignition uh, button doesn't work, mm -hmm. and that is okay. You can use a lighter such as this. Um, turn it on. After every use, you want to clean your grills. There is a lot of grease and fat buildup on these grills, and that actually can catch on fire uh, from flames. There's your nose. Multiple fires. Already in problems. The dirty grill. So. Yeah, want to make sure you do that cleaning. Cool. So that's all set. Yep. Um, yeah. And should we put some of the hot dogs on? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll let you do the work. Since you're, yeah. well, well, I actually shouldn't have the guests do all of the cooking, but I, I know you enjoy it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's one of the main things we do on the firehouse. It's good. Okay. So you like the, the grilling season. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. So uh, obviously this is a, a propane grill, but there are definitely other kinds of grills out and available that people can use. So what are some other, you know, safety measures you can do for other kinds of grills? Um, so charcoal grills, you have charcoal grills, which is one of my favorite grills to use. And one way that you can actually start those grills is we have alternative things like a charcoal chimney that we have here. With this charcoal chimney, what you would do is you would take a bundled up a piece of newspaper or something like that, set it on fire. Of course, you would put your charcoal um, briskets in here and then place this on top of that lit newspaper. And this is a nice alternative to flammable fuels. So flammable liquids like lighter fluid, and make sure if you're using those, you use charcoal lighter fluid. Don't use gasoline or anything like that. And also keep those away from your kids, your pets, and most definitely keep those away from flame sources. Definitely. Well, that's very handy. It's always good to keep the lid down. That limits the amount of oxygen that is going to the flame, which we know oxygen fuels fire. Yeah, from your experience during the summer, are grill fires something you see often? Yes. And sometimes, in, because people use the grills close to combustible uh, materials, such as um, decks, house, um, housing, 
Um, also, too, we see it because their, their, their grills are dirty. So sometimes we're in a rush and we don't think to go and clean our grills. Uh, follow manufacturer's recommendation for whatever grill that you use. You know, let's pretend that our hot dogs are completely finished. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned cleaning the grill. Any other safety tips that people should keep in mind when they are finished cleaning? Um, when you're finished cleaning the grill, to dispose of charcoal, if you let's say you use a charcoal grill, you want to allow those coals to, to cool completely. After they cool completely, you want to discard them in some type of metal container. As far as the propane uh, grills, we want to make sure that we turn those off slowly and make sure that is completely off. Um, keep the keep that out of reach of kids, animals, and and like I said, most definitely, I can't stress this enough. Please keep them out of the way of flame sources and things like that. Awesome. Well, we have a little bit of TV magic here uh, on Studio 10. We already grilled uh, some hot dogs, so uh, we'll wrap it up by um, taking some. Anything else you want to add? But I think these look beautiful. We grilled this before. All right. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you so much for letting us stop by. And there'll be more Studio 10 after this. Thank you. All right, some excellent tips there from our station WILX. And we are continuing our exploration of this issue where we're talking about summer heat. And again, that was WILX, which is our station in Lansing, Michigan, offering us up some great grilling tips. And something poignant that I heard there is the fact that that uh, fireman said that he responds to a lot of fires from dirty grills. So a good point to remember, clean your grill so you don't start a fire. All right, we're going to go next to our station in Huntsville, Alabama, as we continue exploring the issue of summer heat. And this story specifically addresses how to work up a safe sweat in the summer heat. I know a lot of people prefer working outside, working out outside rather than going to a gym. So this is a good segment for us to all pay attention to. Again, we are exploring the issue today here on Local News Live. Let's get you out for Huntsville, Alabama Station. That we are working out safely. The other day I saw somebody running at like three o'clock, right? And here to tell us why you shouldn't do that is the general manager of Rockbox Fitness Huntsville, Ms. Meredith Fields. Meredith, thank you so much for being here. You're gonna share six mistakes that we make uh, when working out. First, we hear about this a lot, but few of us actually stick to it, right? Hydration. How much water do we actually need to be drinking? A good rule of thumb is about half of your body weight in ounces. Um, it varies every, you know, for every person, but it's still really <coughs> to stay hydrated. Um, when you feel like you're thirsty, you're actually dehydrated at that point. So try to stay in front of the curve and just drink the water, drink the water all throughout the day. All right, good to do. I have heard that, Meredith, that if you're if you're thirsty, you're actually already dehydrated. So good to just stay on top of drinking that water. Meredith, kind of on that note of staying hydrated, we know uh, we don't need to be drinking soda or coffee, right? Sports drinks, though. What's your take on those? Um, it depends on what you choose. Um, typically, a lot of the sports drinks that you find uh, nowadays have a lot of sugar in them, which actually contributes to being dehydrated. So, you know, really take a look at your ingredients um, on your sports drink of choice. Um, there's some that are, you know, that are better for you than others. Um, me personally, I just stick with water. 
Okay, good to know there. Just a good, nice tap water. You know, I've heard about also, you know, diluting it a little bit. Maybe you can dilute some orange juice, mm -hmm. the potassium up, dilute Gatorade, um, things of that nature. Okay, Meredith, let's talk about time of day to work out. Are the people running at three o'clock? Are they doing themselves any good or are they crazy? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, pick your coolest times of day if you're going to go outside for a walk or for a run or if you're working out in your home gym, your garage, um, absolutely pick the coolest times of day. Really, really be mindful that he can really sneak up on you, especially when you are being physically active. Um, you don't want to get overheated and have all kinds of issues from that. So definitely, definitely take a look at the temperatures as the day progresses and then as the day comes to an end and be, be uh, really mindful of that. Okay, Meredith, and then after that workout, you say it's also important, uh, of course, to refuel your body, maybe with some kind of kind of protein drink. Not before, though. I know a lot of people in, into, like, the pre-workouts. Not the best idea. Why is that? Um, so be careful with your protein um, in terms of timing um, around your workout. Um, protein is really good to help recovery. If you eat it before um, your workout, it actually um, increases your body temperature which contributes to the dehydration. So save your protein for after recovery, post-workout, get your protein shake, um, help it cool down, but definitely save that for after. Okay, so protein post-workout, not pre-workout. Meredith, this question I'm very interested in, what do we wear to exercise? What materials are good? Um, bright colors, if you're going outside, um, they help reflect the light instead of absorb it. Um, cotton is actually not the best. Um, you would think being a, a natural fiber, it would be good, but what it does is it actually absorbs all the moisture and it becomes heavy on your body. So you want to stay, stick with the uh, moisture wicking fabrics, light colors, um, don't dress all in black. If you're going to go outside and work out, it just absorbs that heat and just, again, increases your body temperature, making your workout that much harder. Um, and that was more probable to overheating. Okay, so light colors and lightweight fabrics. Good to know, Meredith. Okay, and then last tip here, Meredith, you say it's just important to not get discouraged, right? Set realistic goals. How can we better do that? So in the heat of the summer, um, you know, just sometimes it's just better to just take and maintain, maintain your workout, um, maintain your goals, kind of um, mental aspect you're working out. You know, don't try and really crazy level up because we are beat, we are battling the, the heat. Um, so just maintenance, you know, if you're an avid runner and you need to dial back to like a brisk walk, you know, it's not a failure. You're not slowing down your progress. You're still outside moving. So make sure and set realistic goals for yourself, keeping in mind the season that we're in. Yes, we are doing the best we can. Meredith, thank you so much with Rockbox Fitness and so We so appreciate you coming on. Happy summer to you uh, and stay safe during those workouts. We appreciate it. Thanks. As well. All right, a great interview there from our Huntsville, Alabama station talking about how to stay safe in the heat while you're working out. And we're going to continue taking you on a tour across the country to show you how our different communities across the United States, across Gray TV, the Gray TV universe, how they're handling this super hot temperatures across the country. All right, we talked about how to work out safely. We talked about how to stay safe while thrilling. And we talked about how hot playgrounds can get for children. Now let's talk about the importance of staying hydrated and some important tips on how to be hydrated. And this is courtesy of our station in St. Louis, Missouri, KMOV. So we wanted to share with you that interview.
Now, we're talking about hydrating during exercise or specific recommendations for athletes. That's what it is. But many people may be at risk for dehydration with the extreme heat that we've been experiencing this summer. So this morning, we are talking about how to stay properly hydrated in extreme heat. And Dr. Whitney Linsenmeyer is an assistant professor at St. Louis University, spokesperson for the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, and joins us this morning with some tips. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to have you back. I'm only teasing about it. But you know what? I'm I'm a big believer in this, but I'm confused like a lot of people are because I think a lot of people read different things about it. You have this much water, you gotta have that much, well you're different figures, men and women, winter and summer. I personally get very dried out in the winter if I'm not careful. But we're not in winter. Maybe we can do that. You can get, come back and talk to us about the winter. But we're talking about summer heat and dehydration. Yes, and heavily sweating. And like you said, usually we're talking about athletes or if you're exercising and how to hydrate. But with this heat that we've been having, especially last week, really anybody who's heavily sweating or especially working outdoors in the heat and the humidity is at risk for dehydration. And, and the problem, I think, is that your body doesn't know it's very hot. It just keeps sweating. And when it's not evaporated effectively, it doesn't know. There's news going to take us out. And give off this, this perspiration, and, and then you're in a big dust. Right, because you've lost a lot of your body's right. water content. So, right. so what do we do? So, yeah, the two questions that I usually get are, do I need a sports drink versus just water? Mm -hmm. And then how do I know if I'm adequately hydrated? So for that first question, for most people, unless you are heavily sweating for an hour or more, water is going to be fine. Okay. But if you are heavily sweating, and again, the rule of thumb is about one hour or more of heavily sweating, um, that's when we rely on a sports drink that is going to have uh, electrolytes in it. So think minerals like sodium, potassium, okay. magnesium, um, and then also some carbohydrate as well to mm -hmm. replace some of that um, uh, carbohydrate that you're using right. while you're sweating. Energy and things yes, like that. Yes, yes. Okay. So um, we have good sports drinks here that are fairly reliable um, and formulated with electrolytes and carbohydrates. And if you're concerned about sugar levels, a lot of these offer them with less sugar. And you can also cut it with water, right? I've been told in the past. You can do that as well, yes. Because yes. it can be a little bit much on the stomach when you're in a position where you are sweating and exercising. Sure, yes. And so, yeah, some, some sports drinks, something water is totally fine. Um, and then for that second question is, how do I know 